0: Welcome back to another episode of the Dunkle with Dom podcast. Seth, uh, on here for some more NFL talk. It's good to have you on again.
1: Good to be here. Good to be back, my man.
0: So this is a part two of a segment that I'm working on, which is that we're going to run through all of the NFL over under win totals for the 22-23 season, as well as the division lines. But before we get started, my first question for you, what is your general takeaway of what the NFC is going to look like for this upcoming NFL season?
1: So, the NFC, I mean, honestly, the whole NFL, but especially the NFC, you saw a lot of the um, top powerhouses pretty much running it back. You see the Bucks bringing back Brady. Obviously, he retired, then unretired, and they're running back much the same team. You see the Rams who have, although they lost a couple uh, key contributors to their su- Super Bowl teams, such as Von Miller, they were also able to add guys such as, like, Allen Robinson, uh, to replace the loss of obj which there's still rumors that he may be coming back and then you also see uh green bay who although they lost Devonte adams and there's no way you can replace him right away they did draft uh, two receivers far- fairly early in the draft although surprisingly not in the first round and then even with the cowboys you see them losing amari cooper so A lot of them lost one big key contributor, but were able to keep most of their team intact for the top dogs.
0: I kind of agree with that. I feel like the NFC, like compared to the AFC, I feel like the NFC is way more kind of stable. Like, we know, I think we generally know who the top teams are going to be. And I also think we know that the changes between the NFC and the AFC were not, like, the NFC was way more, there was way more continuity, shall we say, with the NFC. I think that, like, it'll be, it'll look a lot like it did in 22.
1: Yes, I I very much agree with that. I don't see any of the teams that were in the middle or lower tier really improving that much, because, you know, the biggest thing that's going to come in is who has the best quarterback. In the NFC, there's pretty much a top, set like six quarterbacks in the nfc and those teams are pretty much going to be your top six seeds and then it's about nine other teams uh fighting for or ten other teams fighting for that last spot
0: yeah that's kind of how it was real quick like this past playoffs where i think if i'm not mistaken the top five teams like there was a queer one through five and then it was like the sixth this sheet, and then it was like a bloodbath for all these like 500 teams from like seven through like 12. So I, I kind of see that same mold there. So what we're going to do is we're going to run through the, uh, through this by division by division format. We'll talk about the divisions as a whole first and then break down their over-under lines for this NFL season. So for the division lines, we'll use DraftKings like we did with the AFC, and then we'll use Vegas Insider for the win, uh, the over-under win lines. Da- uh, the NFC East is the first one So Dallas is plus 135 to win the division The Eagles are plus 165 Commanders plus 500 And then uh, New York is plus 800 I feel like the Cowboys are a clear runaway to win this division But do you think w- What's your big narrative from this NFC East? Because I think for me It's that I think Dallas is a queer favorite But there is a chance Philadelphia could keep things interesting I honestly
1: think it's going to be pretty similar to how it went last year because the only reason Dallas didn't win two years ago also was because Dak got hurt. If Dak stays healthy and this Cowboys team is even remotely healthy around him, I think it's pretty clear cut that Dallas is going to win the NFC East. You can say, you know, oh, they like no team have won it back to back, like in however many years, it's like 18 years or something. Now that no team has won it back to back. But Philadelphia doesn't have a quarterback. Jalen Hurts is mid, like no offense to him, but he's just not, he's not anything special. Hasn't shown it yet. I mean, for all means, he could have gigantic breakout year three, but everything that uh, reports that have been coming from like the Eagles camps and stuff is that they're already not that happy with the way Jalen Hurts has looked throughout their training sessions. And they don't think that he's progressed that much. The Eagles, may have the deepest team in the East, but hands down, I'm always going to take the team with the best quarterback. And it's by far the Cowboys.
0: Well, what's funny is, like, the the division lines kind of reflect that because Washington at plus 500 is the we don't believe the Carson Wentz rehabilitation project's working. No. G- the Giants is, we are already out on Daniel Jones, but we need him one more year to tank for for 23. What's interesting, though, is, like, I feel like the Eagles overachieved last year, even if, like, despite... Because the thing is, like, it's kind of like the NBA where you build an, an entire team around your one guy, and that one team around that one guy still doesn't do well. Like, it's like the Wizards with Bradley Beal, where it's like, oh, they won 35 to 40 games. That's what I expect from a team with Bradley Beal. I feel like I can say the same thing with Jalen Hurts, whereas with Dak... The even I'd argue the team's actually worse than than the Eagles or even like another team the other teams in the NFC East but Dak is just so much better than any of the QBs available in this division oh yeah I completely
1: agree with that I yeah I would say the Cowboys from top to bottom have the second best roster in the NFC East but the quarterback position you're talking about a guy who's Top 10. He's at the end of top, the top 10 list, but he's a top 10 quarterback versus someone who is probably scraping in your top 20.
0: So, if we're going to run through the actual win totals, we'll start with Dallas because they're the favorite. They won 12 games last year. Their line is set as of now 10.5. I'm kind of leaning toward the over here, not to be all like there is the Dallas, like big, nar- big team, big narrative. Like, they're always going to get that one season, that one win bump, probably. But this division is so bad, I kind of feel like 10.5 is actually a good line. I feel like they can win 11 or 12 games.
1: I very much agree with that. Uh, I see – I honestly see them being an 11-win team. And the reason why is because whenever you look at not only Cowboys but Dak's record against the NFC East over his career, he's played six years in the league now going into year seven. He's still at single-digit losses – if you combine all his losses for the NFC East, he's still in the single digits. That's Six years, he owns. He literally owns the NFC East, and that's good enough right there. Let's. I'll give him one loss. Let's say we split with Philly. That's still five wins already right there. I think he can then win six of the um, ten remaining game or eleven remaining games. I think that that's very easy that they hit. Eleven. That that's where I would put them. at. so I would put them just at the over.
0: Well, the other thing too is like because this is the third time I've done this on the pot. We have to reflect that this is the second season now with seventeen games instead of sixteen. So, in yeah, other I words,
1: haven't talked about how many games are left. Yeah,
0: I know. I have to like keep reminding myself that. So in other words, do I think Dallas can be better than ten and seven? I feel like yes, because it's an it's a deflated division. Dallas is kind of the same as it was this past year. So unless like. Like for it to be different, Philly would need to take a jump to like Dallas levels and the commanders would need to be like respectable. And I, that's a very, that's a very thin I don't see either of those happening. Yeah, that, that's a very thin line. So the next team then is Philadelphia. They're, they're honestly one of the tougher lines because they won nine games last year. Their are lines at eight and a half. I feel like that's kind of the perfect line for them because I could see them being under 500 but, like, they're going to be around 500. I think they just see them as, like, a borderline last seed in the playoff team. I mean, I'm tempted to say I'm tempted to say under, but I don't know. Do you think over or under for this one? It's a tough line to call.
1: Again, I'm going to have to give them the over. And the reason why is because I think you said that it was 8.5,
0: right? 8.5, yeah. And they won nine games uh, last year. I,
1: I honestly think they're probably going to win nine games again in just barely sneak into that seventh seed or, yeah, the last seed in the playoffs. Um, Especially because, here's the thing, is I don't think Washington or the Giants is going to win a game versus the Cowboys or Eagles. So again, right there, that's already another four wins in the Eagles' pocket.
0: Yeah, no, and And here's the thing, too, is like, this kind of ties into the other two teams, but the Giants and uh, Commanders, their line for wins is both seven and a half. So in other words, and I would
1: put those both at the under.
0: Yeah, I feel like those are too easy. But I feel like what the the odd makers basically said is like it's the Cowboys clearly, and then Eagles, Giants, and and Commanders are all in this like packed like cluster of between like ten and seven and like seven and ten, which. I, I just don't see like is there there's no upside to this commanders thing with, with Carson Wentz, right? Like I grilled them for the move. A lot of people have grilled them. You just can't like we've already seen it with Wentz. You just can't be the best player on like a team that wins double digit games.
1: So they, they have the Giants at seven and a half also.
0: Yeah, it it's really interesting, yeah.
1: because uh, the thing is I think it ends up pretty similarly to last year. I think you see Cowboys hit about eleven wins. I think the Eagles hit about nine. I think Washington hits seven, because I do think Wentz, although he's not a good quarterback by any means, I think he's an upgrade over Taylor Heineke, and they won six games with him, um, although one or two of those wins were purely a luck thing, and I think that if you take away one of those two, those wins, that Wentz is the one who can get, he'll get that team two or three more wins, which gets them to about
0: seven, and the Giants, I don't even see them winning more than five. So this ties into my next question. The Giants won four games last year. Their line is at seven and a half. So that means, do you, do you think that's because? Because I remember we did a draft pod, and actually we were all pretty high on the Giants' off season as a whole. Is is this kind of like a, a too early like so like everyone's just happy with the off season? They think that'll translate to the football field, or is this just doesn't make sense? Uh, I definitely
1: think it's the Giants. Yeah, they they had a pretty solid off season. They had a good draft by all means but I think they're overvaluing the rookies and I think they're overvaluing what Daniel Jones is going to be able to do with those around him with between his turnovers and consistency now starting to almost his injury problems I think he's been hurt uh, for multiple games both the past two seasons and Mike Glennon has had to come in at at spot starts I, I haven't seen any improvement from him over the course of three years now to give reason why he'll lead this team to more than seven wins and well, seven wins to me for them is already a reach
0: i know it's a it's it's one of the higher jumps it's a three and a half their line is three and a half wins higher than the record they had last year which is insane i think the other takeaway to kind of wrap up this division. I guess they think this division is just going to be close this year, like because Dallas they win twelve games and now they're projected to be like if you want the under, you think they're going to be two wins worse than last season, which they lost Cooper and Dak. I don't
1: got, think Cooper's a two win guy. Yeah, and, and Dak, Dak is older. Injured.
0: Yeah, Dak was injured too. Like you assume you assume good health with that. Like, is, is there a reason why, as a whole, this division's a lot closer than kind of the other NFC divisions?
1: It's got to be the, the
0: the King of Blah, maybe? Like, they just think everyone's going to be, like, kind of packed together? That's all I can think of.
1: I, I, I'll i say I don't understand. The Giants is the one that I don't understand. The other three lines, I think, are good because I do think the Cowboys are going to be a one-less-win team than they were um, this past year. I don't think it's because of Amari Cooper. Um, I just think it's from and overall because you also lost Randy Gregory, Lyle Collins uh Connor Williams. You lost two of your starters on the offensive line. Um, I just I but this team is too good, especially with Dak at the helm to not win eleven games.
0: If I needed to do a best bets, I don't know what your thoughts are of this, but I think I think I'd take Dallas over and I think I'd take Giants under probably Based um, on
1: giant, 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 under is the lock there.
0: Yeah, and then in terms of the division, I actually kind of like the the Eagles at plus one sixty five is not bad. Just because I think there is there is a chance.
1: I, I think that Dallas at plus anything is a steal. I was expecting Dallas to be like minus two hundred. I think them at plus one twenty five is the steal.
0: So, so what's funny is that in the NFC. The there's two divisions that are the minuses, which is Green Bay with the NFC North uh, and then Tampa Bay, interestingly, with the South and then the West and the North or the the West and the East part of me are the only two that have pluses all around. So mm-hmm. I kind it of makes sense and out of those two divisions. I like Dallas the plus, though, because like, unless a Dallas fall off happens, which I don't think it's rare for like Dak would I need to be out the whole year for this to be like a, a catastrophe yeah. season for the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, the only way that, that Dallas isn't the lock there is
0: if Dak gets hurt. That's the only way. Okay, so the NFC North shouldn't be too hard. So as of now, for DraftKings, for the division odds, Packers are minus 190. That's probably a clear, clear favorite there. Mm-hmm. Vikings plus 265. The interesting thing, though, is the Lions are plus 1,000 and the Bears are plus 1,400. The Bears line seems. I don't know. Like maybe I haven't been following too much of the Bears. I feel like plus fourteen hundred is a little bit more far fetched. I don't know why they're behind the Lions. Is is are people just hyped more on the Lions than the the Bears off season?
1: I, oh, the Lions had a really good off season. Bears had probably one of my least favorite off seasons. They got uh, their quarterback absolutely. They got Justin Fields no help whatsoever. They signed Byron Pringle. The Chiefs like number three, or four option in their passing offense to be their number two receiver.
0: <laughs> I think like, what, didn't they? What are they doing? They neither got like offensive line help for uh, for Justin Fields, nor did they get like wide receiver help. They just no, got him nothing.
1: They, <laughs> they did absolutely nothing. And so I honestly, I think the Lions are going to have more wins than the Bears. I think I don't know what they have the Lions and Bears at, but whatever it is I. Think that the Lions will end up third in their division this year.
0: If we're doing stay away lines, I feel like Bears and Lions are even the Vikings, do at plus 265. I just think Green Bay's running it back. Like, I don't see a problem with like Green Bay can get to 12 or 11 wins and just win the division outright.
1: Oh, I, I agree. I do think the money here, though, is with the Vikings. You think so? Yeah, at plus what'd you say? Two, 265. At 265 if i was going to you know try and like you know steal some money type thing yeah. i would i would take the vikings
0: what's like your what's the projected like upside for like the for minnesota like it would have to be like the perfect season i i would imagine it'd be like they go 11 5 or or 11 and 6 and green bay goes like the same yeah. record
1: yeah yeah i think i think it's just one of those where um they end up with the same record or They're coming down to the end. The Vikings have, like, the strength of schedule or something like that. Um, But I do think that's where it lies. Like, let's say the Vikings get off to a hot start, but Green Bay starts to come back towards the end. Because, you know, obviously Rodgers is Rodgers. But maybe he's adjusting to life without Devontae Adams the first couple weeks, having – who's even his number one guy now? is Because Valdis Scantling also went to – yeah, the the weapons in Green Bay are number, thinning number, out a bit. Yeah, I was like, his number one guy is probably his rookie receiver, Christian Watson,
0: who was one of the rawest guys coming out of the draft. So, so this this reflects real quick in Green Bay's line because Green Bay is eleven and a half for their line for the wins, but they won thirteen games last year. I mean, Green Bay could take a step back, honestly, because you you have to remember like. There's already tension with QB and with franchise, even though the contract's been renewed. Like there's still like that I mean, he's back to back MVP,
1: yeah. Yeah, there's uh, still uh, that just...
0: chemistry there. And then and then the lack of receiving, like, we've seen this before with Rodgers teams, how when there's like it's not to say like he relies on weapons but I think a difference between him and Brady is Brady can turn chicken shit into somewhat of a chicken salad. For Rodgers, when it's been bad, we're talking like below 500, like not even in contention. Like th- this could be like a disappointing year for the Pack. They've been, they've been a 12 or 13 win team for like the last four seasons. At some point it's going to taper off.
1: Yeah, that's Green Bay is just such a hard team to read because there's no receiving weapons outside of the rookies. But they do have a good o-line running game and it's still rogers no matter how much you want to put he's going to put the ball in the money and it's just if his receivers can you know hold on to it because that was one thing with christian watson was the drops he i think he had like 14 drops in his like career at uh north dakota state and
0: what, what's, what's the Vikings line? So, this isn't. So, the Vikings is probably one of my best bets. They're eight and a half. Oh, won they eight. They won. They were eight and nine last season. So, if they. They just need to get one more win. And that was with yeah, a horrible. Didn't they have like one of the worst clutch? were they one of the worst, worst clutch teams ever? Like, they, they blew so many easy games.
1: Uh, what, one of my favorite things to. Because obviously, in Your odds of winning a one score game are supposed to be like, you know, 50 50. So you look at teams and how many one-score games they lost versus one, and you try and, like, write the variance for the next year. I think the Vikings were, like, 2-7 and seven, or 2-9 and nine in, like, one-score games. It was absurd, and I think they write that ship, and I think they end up as a 10-1 team.
0: Yeah, considering they were one of the worst teams, so I think a stay-away bet for me is probably the Packers one, just because I could see it going either 13-4 and and four or more like a 500 team. Because it really just depends on how Rodgers plays, getting older, and that receiving core. Yeah, I could see them anywhere from 9 to 13 wins. And so 10 and a half, it's a perfect line for that,
1: but it's just like a stay-away one for me. But Vikings, yeah, the overs the...
0: Because it's like, in a perfect season, Minnesota's like a double-digit win team, comfortable 4-5 or seed. But their worst-case scenario, I still see them as like a a 7 and 10, 8 and 9. 8 and 9 hits their line. So I feel like Minnesota... Well they would have to be above five hundred, so it'd have to be nine and eight, but I still think like that's reasonable for Minnesota yeah, to go five hundred. All right. Let's go what about the Lions? What are we looking at there for Lions De- and Bears? Detroit Detroit's a hard one. They are six and a half, which is Ooh. three and a half wins higher than what they won. It's basically they're doing the assumption that you made, which is like this team's gonna be frisky with all these young guys. Interestingly, the Bears are also at six and a half. So it's a test of, like, you got to pick one or the other for who's... Because one of them's going to suck. It's not going to be both of them are going to be 5 and 12. Like, one of these teams is going to be bad. And I kind of... I lean toward either or.
1: I'm actually going to... I'm going to take the under on both of them. You think so? And the reason why is because I think the Lions hit that six wins. But I think it's just six wins. I think think they're just under the six and a half. But I think the Bears are, like, a three-win team. Like, I think they're, like, bottom of the barrel up for the number one or two pick next year type, bad.
0: Well, and also, for Detroit, I don't care what team you are with all these good picks, going from a three-win team to a, a in this case, seven-win team means that you have had to, you have to have made a lead. Like, remember, you're still starting Jared Goff at QB here. We're, we're not lighting yeah. the world on fire. Like, they would need to go from a bottom three team in the entire NFL to borderline playoff team. Like wild card, it would have to be like wild card status, like Eagles, like last year. I don't, I don't, I just don't see that with Detroit. No,
1: and I, I think the Bears are worse. I think Bears, you are looking at anywhere from two to four wins. I
0: think your Lions, you are looking at five to six wins. I think that honestly, it's not maybe a best bet, but I would do Detroit and Chicago both under because if we're assuming even Minnesota's my
1: my, my my best bet is Bears under.
0: Yeah, because it, it, even if we don't assume Minnesota's good, like but one of Green Bay or Minnesota is gonna be awesome I don't think uh, that'll come at the expense of these two teams and it, they're both I just don't see them even hitting either of them six wins like that just seems improbable
1: no I don't see either of those teams
0: beating Green
1: Bay or the Vikings unless it's like a you know week 17 and they're wrestling all their players like they did last year when the Lions beat the or, yeah, when the Lions beat the Packers because they rested all their guys, and Jordan Love
0: sucked. <laughs> I about Jordan Love. <laughs> okay, uh, next division, NFC South. This one's pretty straightforward, although thank God we did this pod a week later now that the Baker Mayfield debacles over and he's officially a Panther two months after the fact. Buccaneers are minus 300 to win the division, by far the best favorite out of any of the four division favorites. Saints are plus 360. I, I love that bet. I love that bet. I, that is I so it. good. Uh, Panth- I, the thing I love
1: most about it, I'm sorry, I'll let you keep going. No, well, real quick,
0: team. Panthers 1,000, don't see it happening. Falcons no. plus 2,800. Saints at plus 360. And Buc- Buccaneers at minus 300. Like, I get it because it's Brady and the g- gang running it back. But that's just like a it's really over... against the Saints. Yeah, it's a really underwhelming favorite. Like, that's a lot to put on Brady at 44. And the Saints at plus Just I think that's probably the best value we're going to get from anything in these divisions. Especially
1: with the Saints. the the Saints make the playoffs this past year? Were they the odd man out? I, can't I think that. they were the odd man the, out. Yeah, they were odd man out with Philly. Yeah, that's what it was. Because San Francisco and then Philly made it. But they were the odd man out, but still right there in the running. With Taysom Hill as their quarterback for half the year. They beat the Bucks.
0: Yeah, it, Taysom, was, uh, gonna,
1: uh, it was wild. Now they're going to have Jamison Winston back.
0: Yeah, it was, like, it was Winston with a, blow, a, bl- a blown knee. So he was out for the, almost the entire year. And he's been great.
1: And he blew it against the Bucks. So they played the whole second half without Winston. Still beat him. Played him again without Winston the entire game and beat him. I don't think Taysom Hill was the quarterback that game, though. I think it was their other quarterback.
0: Uh, I forget it's it's a white guy. I forget his name though. It was like some Simeon. Yeah, Simeon. Trevor, <laughs> Trevor, yeah, it was Trevor Simeon. Yeah, Trevor
1: Simeon. I was like, <laughs> how's this man beating Brady right now? But my, my point being is that I I like that bet. I love that plus three sixty bet. But do I, do I think the Bucks will end up winning? Yes, but do I think that bet is a hundred percent worth it? Because I think the odds are better than three sixty. I think it, I would probably
0: put it up more of like a plus one eighty. Yeah, because so I love that. I, I think the reason why the Bucks are so high maybe is that the Falcons and Panthers are so bad, and the Saints are. I think the problem with betting on New Orleans is you need to basically say like Winston comes back a hundred percent healthy and
1: doesn't have like shit to bed versus. A random team or two. Correct. Winston yeah. has to have a good team. The Saints are the can, a good season.
0: The Saints are kind of like Dallas in the sense of like they'll beat the opponents they need to beat, but then on this random Thursday night game, they lose to like the Giants by like twenty points. You're like, what the hell just happened? Like the, the other thing with New Orleans too is like maybe they're a bit lower because of like the Taysom Hill Winston uncertainty. Like as much like because there's always can that weird Winston. dynamic. I, I don't know. Like and I just also don't,
1: they lost Sean Payton.
0: Yeah, and they lost Sean Payton too, and for the Bucks, I just don't, like, are they under well, like, I get, like, they have continuity because they're bringing the entire quarterback, but Br- Brady's not going to be, like, Brady, like, the last year in New England who when he was 40 and, like, kind of falling off the cliff a bit. Like, this is a 44, almost 45-year-old Brady with no Gronk. It, Godwin, I think, is either injured or coming Godwin's
1: back. ACL. They also lost AB. So now you have Mike Evans and a trail of misfits it's very
0: it's very green bay Packersy in the sense of like where's the weapons like where's my where's where am i fearing on offense the buck the bucks
1: now at this moment are the packers last year in terms of they have one really good weapon and then you're like i only know who the rest of these receivers are because they play with rogers or brady
0: so th- this leads to one of my stay away bets for sure, which is that Buccaneers are projected 11 and a half wins. They win 13 last year. But I don't mm-hmm. see – I mean, part of me wants to be frisky and say the under and say like, oh, like Tampa Bay just like wins 11 games, cool. But the, I think the issue though is the Falcons and Panthers are so bad that mm-hmm. I, it's hard to be like, oh, like the Saints are as good as, – like you need to bet the Saints are as good as the – as good as the Bucks, and that Carolina and Atlanta is just like atrociously awful. So I can I think I should just take the like. I I think I would take the over if I put money on it, but I wouldn't put money on it.
1: I agree. I'm I'm 100 with you there. I would probably take the over, but I'm staying away from that one. What's the Saints?
0: Seven and a half. Oh, they win nine. The ga- they win nine games last year.
1: Yeah, give me give me the over. Oh, they won nine games without? Having Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon start half their games, no, over half their games, like 80% of their games. Yeah, give me that over seven and a half all day.
0: Is New Orleans, did New Orleans lose a win and a half because of Sean Payton? Is that what we're projecting here?
1: Even if they did, Winston to me makes up at least another. At least one two win, right? over. <laughs> no, I would say two over Simeon and Taysom Hill. Yes.
0: I can't. I can't get over the Simeon minutes. That was mad. that was bad. Um, yeah, like Winston is
1: infinitely better than both of them. That's a that's a two one difference going from those two guys to Winston at least.
0: Carolina for me is a stay away because this team is always going to be stuck between five and like a five and a half. Five. Yeah. So they're six. And, they're 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 six. And, or no, they're five and a half now. They won five games last year. I don't care if it's Baker or Darnold. I just see this team winning between four and seven games. Like, I just don't see, like, there's no upside for this team. I always hate betting against middleman teams because they're just going to kill you either way. Like, like I, do you see them winning six games? Like, it's not out of the cards, but I wouldn't, like, put money on it either.
1: I'm, I would take their over i think they win six or seven um what i but the reason why is i'm betting on a couple things to, or like to happen with that um betting on their defense to stay healthy for baker i I'm, he's gonna be the starter i don't care what people or what they say about you know, it's an open competition. Well, yeah, it, it was, it was open sucks. until
0: Darnold sucked all last year, so...
1: <laughs> and, yeah, they they benched Darnold for... Uh, who was that quarterback that was from the XFL? Um, P.J. Walker. They benched Darnold for P.J. Walker, <laughs> who came in and threw, like, four picks and a half. Um, and then... I'm betting on Baker to be healthy and go back to where he was two years ago. Whenever he took the Browns all the way to the division, what was it the
0: divisional round? Yeah, yeah, against, to, Kansas, to the City.
1: against the Kansas City.
0: against Kansas City. Well, you're, you're also you're on. also yeah. banking on Baker's in a and new. situation. Well, also Baker's in a new situation. He's happy, and if he's happy, he's motivated. Like mm-hmm. th- there's that effect too, because he could also
1: has. DJ Moore, who I think is one of the most underrated receivers in the league.
0: Yeah, honestly, Carolina's not a bad, but the, one of my favorites, though, is Atlanta, because they won four games last year. They're four and a half for their line this year. But given how good Tampa Bay is, how good Carolina is, at least like average Carolina is, how good New Orleans is, there's got to be one loser, and I think it's Atlanta. I also don't know how Atlanta improved compared to last year. To no, that, they
1: they got worse from their four win team.
0: Yeah, this might be a, a best bet because they're also looking to rebuild too. Like they traded Matt Ryan, so they're just trying to like build from the ground up here. They could just be in a. We're not going to call it a tank fest because the NFL doesn't like the word tanking, but they're they're in a little tank tankathon for for this upcoming season.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No, I agree. Uh, okay, so be- best bets. Uh, what do you think, Atlanta and New Orleans, and my, the- my-
1: my best bet, I don't know if I'd call Atlanta my best bet. Because, you know, random things in the NFL happen. Going, They have four wins going into Week 17, and then the team they're playing sits all their starters type thing. Um, but they, like, should have hit the under. My best bet is still, is still that Saints over, easily.
0: Yeah, the, the plus the 360 is insane. But this leads into probably the chaotic. This is the same thing as it was last year when I did this with, I don't know if it was Austin or another kid from my dorm, but the NFC West is like a gauntlet yet again. So it's a bit different because the Seahawks actually suck. Like, we know Seahawks Seattle, is going to be bad. But the, here, are the, here are the division odds. You have Rams at plus 125. 49ers at plus 150, Cardinals at plus 400, and then Seattle's a, a distant fourth at plus 1,800. Instant standouts. I guess everyone's assuming the Rams are just going to be healthy and the same as they were last year. We assume the Garoppolo thing is just going to stay the same with the Niners, which I don't even know how that – that's kind of been an under, underlying narrative from this past offseason has been what's next with the Niners QB situation. But Cardinals at plus 400 is also interesting. Because I think – Arizona, I think people are shitting on them from just how bad they were last year.
1: Well, I mean, they weren't bad. They were
0: the last undefeated team in the league. I, I, think, I think like bad well, in terms just, of that second half when they, yeah, the media just turned on them.
1: <laughs> absolutely. And, the, I mean, I was saying from whenever, – whenever they were 5-0, and I said, this team's not even going to win the division. Like, everyone was like, oh, are the Cardinals the best team in the league? And I'm like, no. And they're not even going to play in their division. They just had an easy and, like, really hot start. And then they came crashing back down this second half of the year. Um, but I still at plus 400 compared to both the others being in the plus 100s. And with the Cardinals finishing higher than San Francisco uh, this past year, and were one win away from... Taking over the Rams spot. I don't see how you don't take the plus 400. And I think they're overvaluing the Rams happening to make it to the Super Bowl. Agreed. Whenever they almost weren't even their division winners this past year.
0: Well, the other thing is like, so st- they lose Von Miller. Stafford's older. Donald's older. They lose
1: OBJ. They
0: lose OBJ because of the injury. So like, the problem I have with I'm the not wor- wo- I'm not
1: worried about Donald getting older yet though. He's uh, still
0: he's still young enough to. Well, the I, I it works differently for NFL teams than NBA teams. But if you're like an NFL team. Like, I mean, like, if you're an NBA team, like, you win a title, sometimes in that, that next season, you kind of, like, coast a bit in the regular season. I'm not saying the Rams are going to coast, but I think there's more of an effect in betting that the team that won the Super Bowl or made a deep playoff run is just going to, like, catapult their way into the next season. I just don't see the Rams as, like, clear division favorites when, like, even the Niners have more upside than the Rams team. Because they're just, they're just young. Like, both the Niners and the Cardinals are younger, and... They're kind of going in favor of the time curve instead of the Rams, which, I mean, I don't like. What do you think? Like, do you, do we think? What's your projection of the Rams next season? I think that that's the toughest part with this debate for the division.
1: I think the Rams. Honestly, I think that division kind of goes similarly to how it did last year, where it just it all comes down to that week sixteen and seventeen where they're playing each other and. I do think I think San Francisco is clearly the third team in that division, though. Okay. Um, I think also their run was kind of lucky to the NFC Championship. Um, I think, I, like, I don't think that Garoppolo is good. I don't think he. But the the, the the Niners like, don't Kyle think Shan- so either, so... <laughs> yeah, Kyle Shanahan is unbelievable, but as we've seen, obviously they made it to the Super Bowl that one time, but the reason they lost the Super Bowl was because of Garoppolo. The reason they lost this past year in the playoffs was because of Garoppolo. Kyle Shanahan is good enough as a coach and as a schemer to get that team to the playoffs, even if it's just in the wild card like it was this past year, and then they can get a lucky game or two, but that, that team is not – I'm never going to trust that team with Garoppolo at the helm.
0: So what's funny is I think this division has my favorite uh, best bet, but also my three worst – or my three best stay-away bets. Because if we, let's go in reverse order. Seattle, their line is five and a half wins. They win seven last year. But we expect them to be – with the, all the trades they made and the moves, they're in a complete rebuild mode. Who's their QB? Is it uh, Drew Locke, right, from the Wilson trade?
1: So, uh, w- yes, yes, it's uh, Drew Locke and what, whatever their over-under is, give me the under,
0: yeah, because because one game, the, I mean, well, basically, the line thinks that Seattle is two and a half games worse without Wilson, but I just don't see I don't see Seattle winning. Oh, you fu- also have to remember Wilson was hurt a lot this last year, that's true, but and Geno Smith starting half the games. Oh, god, yeah, oof. I don't know if Drew Locke's any better than Geno Smith. Well, he he's a little better, yeah. he's a little better, but not that's not. the thing, is, it, is he better?
1: But they also and they they also brought over Fant Noah Fant who's now uh, their starting tight end. And they brought over one other guy that I'm mind blanking on who's also going to be a starter.
0: I just the thing is like if I'm looking at all of the the NFC teams besides the Falcons, if there's one team you're telling me me's going to just tank it, it's probably Seattle. I, I think because you also need to ask yourself for oh, the yeah. for the I'm, over,
1: not wor- I'm not worried about Seattle.
0: You need to ask yourself for the over is Seattle going to win a minimum of six games. And if you have to squeeze at that, saying, can they maybe win six games? Eh, I, I just don't know. They're also, by the way, in the toughest division, too. So that, that fact is... Yes, yeah, that's so what
1: I was going to say. I don't think they win six games. I would take their
0: under. So, yeah, it, that's one of my personal favorites. Maybe not a top favorite, but a, a clear probably top five favorite. Um, So then Cardinals, their line is where it gets hard. Arizona is at 9.5. So they won 11 games last year. But 9.5 is hard because... They're at nine and a half. San Francisco's at nine and a half, and the Rams are at ten and a half. So, in other words, they're saying this division, as you put it, it's going to be down to week sixteen and seventeen. Who wins that Sunday night game? Division rivals. It, it's I,
1: yeah, that's such a stay away division.
0: Stay because like, no. Go ahead. So go ahead. Yeah, you know, they're they're all right there. It's going
1: to be they're all. I can see it panning out to where they're all at the nine and ten win going into week seventeen and it's just like whoever happens to win at last game or like they could all be at nine wins going into week 16 and then it's just like they all put like all three of them play each other over the course of those like last two three weeks and it just it honestly comes down to how those pan out and because those teams are so even it's really hard to guess unless like you know you so it's really hard to guess until we get there and that you find out that there's some injury or Something going on, or some people have been injured throughout the season, etc. Storylines going on at that time, because until then, it's really just going to be like you know, this is where I just like throw up my hands and I'm like, give me, give me one of those three, and I don't care who it is, I'll just like put money on them because it's really, <laughs> really all just like right there together.
0: Yeah, well, and the other thing too is it's going to be a case of two out of the three win. So if we're thinking Rams ten and a half, Niners, Cardinals, both nine and a half. Two of those teams will hit the over on their line. One of them will hit the under. Like I, I, and a
1: half, I could see, I could see it panning out just how it did this past year, where the Rams hit like ten
0: the Rams are what ten and a half is there? Ten and a half, and it was a drop from twelve yeah. last year.
1: Yeah, I could literally see it to where the Rams go eleven, Cardinals go ten, Forty ers go nine.
0: If I had to do a long shot bet, I'm still banking on on Rams going under. I could see the Rams losing two wins. Like, I could see the Rams going 10-7 and 7, instead of being the fourth or third seed in the NFC. They'll be like a borderline wildcard team. Cause it's possible. Because the other thing, too, is like, I don't know if we had this conversation, but in a past pod, we were like last year, like, oh, like this division is so brutal, blah, blah, blah. And then quietly it got bad when Arizona flamed out the second half of the year the Niners got injured, Seattle just completely, like, the tires came off that, and the Rams just kind of, like, limped their way the second half of the year. Like, I feel like that's going to – they're just going to beat each other up. That's the crazy thing. Like, you you always want to stay away from a division where there's so much competition. Like, they, like, last year, they can easily be the three playoff teams out of the six spots – or the seven spots.
1: Yeah, yeah, that could definitely happen
0: again. Okay, so uh, before we move – we have one last quick, like – uh betting thing to go to because i want to run over also the, the nfc championship odds of like maybe the two teams that make it to the final mm-hmm. the way too early championship prediction but what was your kind of big takeaway or big surprise from this uh from the over-unders in the in the nfc because i think for me real quick it'd probably be that i think we're banking a lot i th- I think the the middleman teams are being underrated that disappointed last year so i think minnesota new orleans the teams that kind of were like in the middle of the pack, I think they, the betters, kind of see them as the same. When I think you can make a case, they have tremendous upside.
1: I agree, and for me, it's the uh, the big thing that stuck out to me is the overrating of some of the really bad teams.
0: I know, right? Oof.
1: that? Got overtly worse this offseason coming off of some like, you know, three, four win seasons already, like the bears and lions, both of them being put at six and a half where the bears got objectively worse and only already won four games last season, five games, however many they won. Um, And then, yeah, I agree with you completely on the saints and Vikings. Um, I think they both somehow over, I think, I think, because there are teams that have kind of flip-flopped in and out of the playoffs. Well, mostly the Vikings flip-flopped in and out of the playoffs over the, about the last like three, four years. I could see both those teams making it back into the playoffs this year and knocking out the uh, Eagles and either 49ers or Cardinals.
0: So last exercise for you is that this is the NFC Championship odds of who will win the NFC Championship. So I'm just going to give you the top five teams. and Who then, will win or... Yeah, who will win the actual game itself. So here are the top five teams in terms of best chance to win. Buccaneers at 325, Rams at 500, Packers at 550, Niners at 750, Cowboys at 850. Is there a team that you think does not belong on that list? And what are your final reactions to that top five? I don't think the
1: 49ers belong on that list. And I think the... Bucks are a little overrated to that list
0: the the crazy thing real quick uh, Eagles are actually ahead of the Cardinals so Eagles are plus 1400 the Cardinals are plus 2,000 that's actually not a horrible bet
1: I would so put money on the Cardinals before the Eagles right there the no there's no way this Jalen hurts who just got absolutely blown out of his first wild card see this you see Anywhere close to the NFC championship.
0: Yeah. Uh, any final takeaways on what you're going to expect from the NFC this uh, this upcoming season?
1: My takeaway is that the NFC is the exact same
0: as this past year. <laughs> a lot of continuity this upcoming season. For, for a the, lot
1: of continuity. For the good the
0: and history. the bad. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. The, a- the AFC is going to be a Crap shoot to see who
1: especially that AFC uh, West um, I, I yeah it it's the same five teams fighting at the top actually honestly even yeah because it's pretty much the same top four because then you kind of have the Cardinals and 49ers going at it and then for the sixth and seventh seed it's gonna be between uh, Eagles Saints Vikings. And that's pretty much going to be who's running around for those two seeds. Even you can even toss the 49ers in there if you want. It's really those four teams all shooting for those last two seeds, and then the see you pretty much have your guarantees: um, the Packers, Bucks, Cowboys, and you know, you can say the Rams, but like that's pretty much like your top four, with the other ones right there behind them.
0: Well, yeah, I'll have to do the AFC pod tomorrow and trying to figure out the lines for that. The other takeaway, a lot more uh, favorable bets to the consumer in the NFC than the AFC. Mm. You can't predict the AFC when there's like a – it's like a 12-team deep division with a with conference. There's so much yeah, to Yeah, and from. especially if you look
1: at the AFC West, I'm sure that all the over-unders are going to be
0: like 9.5 or better. Yeah, it's, it's going to be like, like 10, 10.5 10 – or 10.5, 9.5, 9.5, 9.5, Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, Said well, Seth, we'll have to be looking forward to NFL, which starts in, what is it, like a month and a half, right? It's like almost here. Pretty much. So, yeah, hopefully a lot more coverage on the way, but thank you for being on the pod. Appreciate you. Hopefully I'll
1: be back soon.